0: Last week, we featured our sister show, Thrill of the Hill. And this week, we're doing the same again to promote a brand new sister show, Crofting Matters. With more than 750,000 hectares of land in Scotland in crofting tenure, the Farm Advisory Service is proud to introduce this new podcast series, hosted by Siobhan MacDonald and produced by Ashley Forster where we explore all aspects of crofting and smallholding. This premiere episode of Crofting Matters is about bull management and features Sarah Balfour, a beef consultant at SAC Consulting, providing information and advice on all matters bull management, from pre-breeding examinations and diet through to the Crofting Cattle Improvement Scheme. Future episodes will cover topics such as grassland management, peat cutting, selling stock and much more.
1: Welcome to Crofting Matters, topical discussions on Crofting Matters throughout the year. My name is Siobhan MacDonald and in this episode I'm joined by Sarah Balfour, Beef Specialist with SEC Consulting, for some timely advice on managing the bull in the suckler herd. Sarah, as well as being a beef consultant with the SAC, you have bulls at home and produce bulls for sale.
2: Yes, that's right, Siobhan. So my family, they're farming within the KM Gorm National Park near Tom and Towel. And a big part of the family business is producing pedigree bulls to be sold at pedigree sales up and down the country. So we produce and breed Limousin bulls Angus bulls, and I have my own small herd of British blue bulls. As I said, the bulls are sold up and down the country. We go to the, the local sales at Thainston, at Dingwall Mart, we go to United Auctions at Stirling, and we go down to
1: the premier sales at Carlisle. Sarah, given your experience with bulls, what advice would you give crofters who are putting bulls out in the next few weeks? What do they need to be thinking about?
2: So the key thing for me to be thinking about
1: is bull condition and nutrition,
2: so making sure that the bulls are fit but they're not overly fat. You need to think carefully about transition changes to diets, especially for young bulls that have recently been bought at a bull sale. Don't forget that bull's been fed to go to the sale to be in sale condition and you want to gradually ease him off concentrates so that he's on a more forage-based diet before he goes out with cows. A key thing to remember with nutrition is that it does depend on the breed and your system and not one size fits all. Also remember that sudden changes in diet, they are pretty unsettling for the bull. They can affect semen quality and fertility. Just as a a general guide, a rule of thumb, you want your bull when he's going out with cows to be body condition score 3 to 3.5, there or thereabouts.
1: Before the bull goes out then, should you be checking them over and how do you do that? Does that involve a vet or are there things you can do yourself? So you may want to consider
2: a pre-breeding examination. This basically is a bull breeding examination and it evaluates the bull physically and really looks to see if he's fit for purpose. Tends to be the vet that would come out to do this for you. So the vet will be looking at his legs. So does he have any swellings? He's not lame? He will look at mobility, his locomotion. At this point, you may decide if your bull needs to have his feet trimmed. Part of the examination, he will look at the bull's scrotum, his testicles. You're looking for a smooth, elastic feel to the scrotum with the testicles moving freely within and uh, even testicle size. If the bull's been recently bought from a a sale, a society sale, he will have gone through a pre-sale vet inspection and his testicles will have been measured. There's usually a locomotion test as well. So that's covered at the point of sale. But for anyone that's sitting at home with an older stock bull, you may want to give him sort of the once
1: over and get the vet to, to check him out before he goes out with his cows. Sarah, should I semen sample or fertility test my bull? And if so, when should I do it?
2: If you've recently purchased a young bull from um, one of the most recent bull sales, a number of breeders do now semen sample and fertility test their bulls prior to the sale. And you will know about this at the point of sale if the bulls already had a semen test. For those of you with older stock bulls or a bull already on farm, then yeah, I would say that semen sampling and a fertility test is definitely a good thing to do. There is no guarantee that a bull will remain fertile from one year to the next, and subfertility actually affects 20 to 25% of bulls. So although that bull is still capable of serving a handful of cows and settling them in calf, having a subfertile bull working within your herd leads to extended calving periods, low pregnancy rates, and in turn, a higher cull cow rate. While you're carrying out your semen test, You can check to make sure that the bull's penis looks normal, there's no warts and there's been no damage or injury sustained from the year before. And you'd be looking to do this at least a month before you intend to put the bull out with the cows. I mean,
1: you definitely don't want an extended calving period because that leads to all sorts of other problems too. Sarah, you said that fertility can be affected from one year to another or even between taking the bull home from a sale What affects semen quality? What can go wrong? Why would the quantity or the quality of it be affected?
2: Okay, so if you've bought a young bull from a sale, you're going to take him home. He's in a new environment. He's got to get used to new surroundings. There's going to be a change in his diet. All of these things affect the bull and can affect semen quality. He may pick up a temperature while he's in transit. And if the bull starts to run a temperature, that
1: does affect the quality and the quantity of his semen produced. A delicate question now. When it comes to the size of testicles, does size matter?
2: There is a link between fertility and testicle size and scrotal size is actually an indicator of male fertility um, with regards to semen quality and quantity with bulls with bigger testicles producing more semen of a better quality. If you've bought your bull from a bull sale, he will have gone through a pre-sale inspection and his testicles will have been measured. Now there is slight variations in the size between breeds, but they will have been measured to make sure that they meet the minimum breed standard before that bull is then allowed to be sold through that society sale. So just for example, a Limousin bull at 20 months, the scrotal circumference you're looking for with that bull is above 34 centimetres.
1: And what about vaccinations and wormers etc? When should you do it and what should you be doing? Before
2: the bull is turned out with the cows, routine vaccinations is definitely something that you should do. So BVD vaccinations, IBR, lepto example, and routine treatments for, say, liver fluke, worms and any external parasites. Make sure they're all up to date before he goes out with the cows.
1: And following on from that, a common thing is feet and overgrown feet. If your bull needed his feet trimmed, when's the best time to do it?
2: If your bull needs his feet trimmed, you want to be doing it at least four weeks before he's been turned out with the cows, ideally six weeks prior to when you need him. And that's just really to give him enough time to recover from getting his feet done and it ensures that he's good to go and that he's fit to chase those cows.
1: Once he's out with the cows, what should I be looking out for to make sure that he's working?
2: If it's a young bull especially, Remember that he is going to be inexperienced, so you generally want to keep him close by with a small batch of cows when he's first turned out, just to ensure that he knows what he's doing. Watch him to make sure that he has got the ability to serve correctly. You want to observe him serving cows and look out for any problems that could be happening while he's serving, such as the corkscrew penis or any difficulties with jumping with his back legs. Again, with older bulls, you still want to keep an eye and make sure that they are jumping and serving cows. And then the crucial thing, once the bull is out with the cows, is looking after 21 days to check for any returns.
1: Sarah, in your herd, if you were putting a young bull out with a group of cows, how many cows would you give that young bull?
2: I would say it does depend on the age of the bull and the breed of the bull if it was my own cows, my own herd, the scenario for a new bull just coming home from the bull cell, I would give them two or three cows in a small paddock to let them exercise himself after being in a bullpen. I'd also make sure that those select few cows I gave them didn't have any issues the previous breeding season. So they didn't have a bad calving or they didn't have a, a C-section, for example. So they should be good and they're, they're cycling regularly just to get them off to a start because these young bulls are inexperienced, and then I would gradually build them up to the batch of cows that you're planning to give them. That's what I would personally do, and I think that's what works. So after he's quite happy, he's settled with that handful of cows, gradually increase the number until he's in with his full batch that you're planning. But you don't want to take a new bull home from a sale and throw him out with 30, 40 cows when he's inexperienced, he doesn't know the job. Uh, that's when injuries occur, and there may likely to be repeat services, and at that point. That's when people tend to blame the bull, when it may not necessarily be him that's at fault. An older stock bull that knows the job, that's been on the farm for a a few years, he can go out with his batch of 30, 40 cows. Again, it completely depends on your own management system and the breeds that you're using.
1: That's really interesting. So it needs a bit of forward planning then. Most crofters have got small herds, so if you've only got seven or so cows, that's quite tricky. That's a good time perhaps to be using the crofting cattle improvement scheme, the bull hire scheme. People do need to think a bit in advance if they're getting a young bull. Another issue that happens quite often, of course, is the bull going lame. What can you do then if you have a lame bull? And will the bull still work? Should you be stopping them working? Does it depend on the injury?
2: If the bull's gone lame when he's out with the cows, the first thing to do would be to speak to your vet, discuss options, find out what's happened. Is it a serious injury, which means that he's not going to have the ability to serve cows, or has he just gone slightly lame for whatever reason? So, you yeah, get the vet in to, to check him out and have a plan B, a backup plan, if the bull does go lame. Can you, for example, mix two lots of cows together?
1: Sarah, obviously there's a big expense in purchasing a bull, but there's the Croft and Cattle Improvement Scheme. Can you tell us a bit about how that works?
2: Owning a bull and keeping a bull... It's an added expense to the herd especially in a crofting scenario where as you've mentioned folk may only uh, have a small number of cows and that's where the crofting cattle improvement scheme can be used otherwise known as the bull hire scheme. So it's open to groups of at least two crofters who get together to hire and use any bull and what you need at that point is to appoint a custodian. So basically that person is sort of overall responsible for the bull while he's out on the farms. They need to be an available example for when he's dropped off and that custodian is also the person that's responsible for recording the bull's on and off movements.
1: How much does the scheme cost? The
2: cost depends on whether the bull is kept by the crofter over the winter. So if the crofter decides to overwinter the bull, depending on the breed, the cost is approximately 900 to £1,000 versus £1,300 if the bull is not kept at the croft over the winter, so if he's returned back to the bull stud.
1: And what are the benefits of the bull hire scheme for crofters?
2: Okay, so there are numerous benefits to crofters who are interested in joining the scheme and hiring a bull through the scheme. Reduced cost of the cows served is certainly the big one. They don't have the cost of keeping a bull all year. You're guaranteed a bull with a high health status, so there's less risk of diseases such as yonis being introduced to your herd. You also have less risk of if the bull was to go lame, something you mentioned earlier, through the scheme they would provide you with a replacement if for any reason that bull wasn't fit for purpose or wasn't able to work. And I suppose another benefit too is that you may have access to better genetics which you may not necessarily have access to. You also have the choice of of different breeds as well.
1: Not having to keep the bull over winter is a huge Benefit for folk, and also the replacement scheme is amazing that they can get a bull out to you as quickly as they do. I know a lot of people that really appreciate that one. And the cost, if it's divided over, say, 10 cows, then about £50 a calf or so, which doesn't seem so bad when you think about it that way. For people who are thinking of buying or hiring a bull though, what's the tipping point? At what point would you say it's better to hire or better to buy?
2: I think it will depend on your individual system, your own management system and what you're potentially trying to achieve within your herd. If you have a small number of cows, then it's probably not economically viable to have a bull sat there all year when he may only being used at this time of year. Again, depending on, on your system, if you're breeding your own replacements, say, in a, a small herd scenario, it probably doesn't make sense either to have your own stock bull because he will very quickly come back onto his own stock. Whereas with the higher scheme, if you want to, you could have a different bull you know, every year and you can mix up different breeds. Whereas if you just have the one bull on the farm, you're restricted to that one bull that you own and, until you sell them and replace them, say, with an older stock bull. It really comes down to what works best for you I would say.
1: Yes and if you have a, a bull hired through the scheme what if there's a catastrophe and the bull dies or is just injured? So your first point of call
2: would be to get in touch with the bull stud manager and let him know what's happened. So if the bull's died unfortunately is your responsibility to dispose of him and through the scheme a replacement will be supplied if you need and if you want a replacement. And again, if the bull is injured or if he's ill, you want to get in touch with the bull stud manager, let him know what position you're in, call the vet, get the vet out to assess the bull. Another benefit to the scheme is actually that all the vet fees are charged to the Scottish Government bull stud. And if for any reason the bull can't work due to his injury or it's going to be a long time before he's able to work again, A replacement will be supplied to you if you want one and if you need one through the scheme. So you're fully covered for accident, injury and
1: death. That's excellent. If folk are purchasing a bull, should they be looking at EBVs? What are the advantages? So
2: EBVs are estimated breeding values and they give a guide to that bull's genetic merit. They are a good guide and personally I think they should be used as a guide only. They help the decision process, they shouldn't dictate it, and they can be used alongside locomotion and the characteristics that you're looking for within that breed.
1: Thank you very much, Sarah. What are the key things that you'd like people to take away from this podcast?
2: Number one would be if you've bought a new stock bull, so a young bull, it's just to think about that transition change and his change in diet because I mentioned before he's been fed for sale previously, whereas you now want him in working condition. But you need to manage that transition and diet change carefully so that he's not upset and not unsettled and that you don't go and affect his fertility. Number two, again, relates to if you've bought a a new and a young bull is just to remember that he's inexperienced. So you do need to just keep an eye on him and make sure that he knows the job and that he is able to serve cows. Number three would be don't always blame the bull. If you've got one or two cows which are repeating, it's not necessarily the bull that's at fault. Just keep an eye on them and assess the situation. And a final point would be for crofters thinking about using the bull hire scheme would be to pick up the phone to the manager, discuss your requirements and just see what's available and make use of a really great scheme.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Crofting Matters. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, follow and subscribe to our show. Leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can find our contact details in the show notes below. If you enjoyed listening to Crofting Matters, you may enjoy some of our other podcasts, such as Stock Talk, a monthly panel show featuring timely advice and expertise on managing your livestock. Come back next month for more Crofting Matters.
0: If you enjoyed listening to Crofting Matters, please follow the link in the show notes below to find the full show wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to like and subscribe to get notified of new episode releases.